can you? Why don't go into a garbage can? Go. Oh, it smells. Why can't so- that, that big plate of fish guts or whatever looked and reminded me of the big giant plate of potatoes and stuff that sloth eats in the goons. <laughs> Keep your flour away from the stove. Stop making bread. Highly combustible. Because <laughs> I don't want I don't want those people coming Do at I me. Draw your obsessive four <laughs> questions to Butler. Hi, I'm Mike Butler, and I'm Mike Field. And we were- Hold on. Can we do that again? Because I did this stupid. And I'm like, I did this like stupid <laughs> 80s sitcom thing. Uh, Please no. Please no. Please no. All right. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. <laughs> I'm Mike Field. <laughs> and we've returned from the graveyard of podcasts to bring you a five episode block of shows as you now enter Forgotten Horror Part 5, A New Beginning. Each episode, we discuss a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Maybe they were being attacked by a creature or chased down by a headless horseman while walking home from a pub. Or perhaps the movie didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run because they were pod people. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. If you survived the Silver Shamrock mask promotion, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure. What's up? Nothing. You got through the tongue twister. I don't think I, I can I remove did. it now. I can't remove uh, it now. No. You got through it. I have to, I have to keep it on there. I was now. so nervous as I started up to it. I was like, I know it's popping up soon. What is it again? Survive the Silver Shamrock promotion, right? Yep. Silver Shamrock. It. What's going on? Oh, you know, nothing. I just, uh, I, I went to go order a plate of fish the other day mm-hmm. and it came out. Mm-hmm. There's real, a lot of bones in it. Yeah. I just started eating it and I started assembling something. Turns out it was a gun that fires teeth. Sounds like a so movie. I, uh, yeah. I shot my waiter. Sounds like a movie we're doing today. Oh, does it? It does. Oh, it's, it was Tuesday. What? When I shot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's hey. All right. What are we do? doing? We're doing the movie Existence. Woo. Okay. The woo's got to come back. Uh, Not there. (laughs) (laughs) Video game designer Allegra Geller has created a virtual reality game called Existence. After a crazed fan attempts to kill her, Allegra goes on the run with Ted, a young businessman who falls into the role of bodyguard. In an attempt to save her game, Allegra implants into Ted's body the video game pod that carries a damaged copy of Existence. Allegra and Ted engage in a series of experiences that blur the lines between fantasy and reality. There you go. That's what we're doing. Whoa. So I guess I got to do the facts now, right? Give me the facts. Existence has a runtime of 97 minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of $15 million. It came out in a limited release date, Friday, April 23rd, 1999, also known as one of the best years of cinema. I'll I'll fight anyone that says otherwise. I'm just just kidding. Opening weekend was $810,000. Domestic, it did $2.8 million. Uh, It didn't have an international release or a big one F1 because it's worldwide is the same number, $2.8 million. Production company was The Movie Network, Natural Nylon Telefilm Canada, and Serendipity Point Films. And it was distributed in the U.S. by Dimension Films. Uh, It was distributed in Canada by Alliance Atlantis and Momentum Pictures, distributed in the United Kingdom. Now, I said it came out on the 23rd of April. It went up against in a wide release, Lost and Found, and Pushing Tin. I saw Pushing Tin. I don't remember Lost and Found. Lost and Found. No, that's a different movie. Yeah, I know Pushing Tin. I don't know Lost and Found. Limited release was Election. Election I did see, which I liked very much. Mm-hmm. The Alexander Payne film. The 30th of April, the week after, you had a two wide releases of Idle Hands and Entrapment. 
Tremens all right. Idle Hands is I like Idle Hands. Uh, but it's like a teenage movie. That's the thing. I think if I watch it again or you watch it again, you might not like it as much. It's one of those films I think it kind of or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. That's Devin Sawa, right? Uh yeah, yeah. he's the guy with no head. Seth Green's in it. Yeah, that's yeah, his yeah. Friend. It, the guy who played who's the who's his buddy? Is it the guy that plays Froggy in the Daredevil series? Is that him? No, is it? Is he old enough to be in that movie? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Tell us. Find uh, reach, reach, reach Mike at uh, ForgottenCinemaPod.com. Podcast.com. What's our website? ForgottenCinemaPodcast at gmail.com. That's no, where you reach me. No, ForgottenCinemaPod at gmail.com is the email, but the oh, yeah. but the website is ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Podcast.com. Right. Okay. We don't even know our own stuff. You here. don't have to tell me anything. The week before April 16th, you had a wide release of Life and Goodbye Lover and a limited release of SLC Punk and Hideous Kinky. So you don't know any of those films, do you? You know, I know of life. SLC Punk, but Life's the Martin Lawrence and uh, Eddie. Murphy oh, the Eddie Murphy. Yep, yep. It's way too long. <laughs> it is actually. It's like over two hours. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a long one for a comedy drama. Comedy. It's it's a comedy, but it's really a drama right, as well. Right. Right. This movie was written and directed by David Cronenberg, and Cronenberg has directed The Dead Zone, A History of Violence, and Eastern Promises. We did Eastern Promises on this show. He's also <laughs> written, and I think he's directed most of these two: Crimes of the Future. The Fly, Scanners, Crash, and Dead Ringers. Cinematography was Peter Trzitsky. I hope that's how you say your name, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Probably not right. He did the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Empire Strikes Back, Krull, Mars Attacks, and Immortal Beloved. Composer was Howard Shore. He's nominated for an Oscar for Hugo, but he won for Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, and he won two Oscars for Song and Score for Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Uh, edited Good by scores. Ronald. What's up? Good scores. Yes. Edited by Ronald Sanders, who's done Johnny Mnemonic, Coraline, and Friday the 13th, thir- excuse me, Friday the 13th of the series. Produced by David Cronenberg, Andres Hamori, and Robert Lantos. Cronenberg has produced Spider, Crash, and Dead Ringers. He produced most of his films. Hamori has done Formula 51 and the TV show Night Heat. And Lantos has done The Sweet Hereafter and Being Julia. You had Jennifer Jason Lee as Allegra Geller. She was nominated for an Oscar for The Hateful Eight. She's also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Single White Female, and Dolores Claiborne, to name a few of her movies. She's been obviously in a lot of films and TV. Drew Law is Ted Peichel. I know I said Ted in the opening in terms of his character's name in the synopsis, but he's only called Peichel in this for most of the time. For the entire. Yeah. Oh, no. I think until they're in the real world. Well, let's not mm-hmm. blow it but yeah. for people. Spoiler. We give spoilers. We spoil things. Sorry. Uh <laughs> He's been nominated for two Oscars, one for The Talented Mr. Ripley and the other for Cold Mountain. He's also an AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, that's a current current topic. And the movie Closer, <laughs> Ian Holm as Kiri Vinegar, uh, nominated for an Oscar for Chariots of Fire. He's also in Brazil, a movie we did. Yes. The Hobbit trilogy, From Hell, another movie we did, and Big Night, which I kind of want to put on our big list. I don't know if I have it there already. I don't think you do. Yeah. Uh, William Def- Willem Dafoe as Gas. He is nominated for four Oscars. Can you name the movies? Probably not, right? No, probably. Platoon, Shadow of the Vampire, The Florida Project, and At Eternity's Gate. Don McKellar as Yevgeny Nourish, who's in Last Night. He actually, I believe he wrote and directed Last Night. Blindness and the right Red Violin, excuse me. Calum Keith Rennie as Hugo Carlaw, who I'm watching the movie and I'm going, I know this guy, I know this guy, I know this guy, and I don't know where I know this guy. And I know this guy from X-Files, I want to believe, which we did on Forgotten yep. Takeover, right? I had the same thing. I was like, this guy, this dude. He looks familiar. Look yeah. He's also in Memento and the TV show Californication. 
Christopher Eccleston as seminar leader. Can you give him a name? He's obviously, uh, I don't know what number doctor is he? Nine? He's 10. Damn it. I never get these doctor's numbers right. Oh, wait. No, he is nine. Thank you. You're right. You got it. Vindication. You got it. The TV show Doctor Who, Thor, (laughs) The Dark World, and the movie Shallow Grave, an episode we did for Forgotten Cinema. And then Sarah Polly as Merle. Uh, She is nominated for one Oscar away from her, and she also won an Oscar as a writer for Women Talking. That was actually last year's movie, I believe. She's in Dawn of the Dead and a movie we did, Butler. Pointing to you, figure you know what movie we did with Sarah Polly and Katie Holmes, and you don't. It's no, go. Let's go. <laughs> I get that one and the other one that were like the uh, the vignettes that we did in the same season. Confused often. What season five? We did yeah. season five. We did go. Yeah. What was it? oh eleven forty one? Yeah, eleven forty one. Eleven fourteen. Eleven fourteen. Yes. Jesus. That's two movies with numbers. So yeah. I was like, yes, one with the numbers. movie with numbers. Movie with numbers. Okay. I have seen this film before. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm wearing the bone gun. <laughs> she has teeth. I like this shit a lot. Um, Butler has never seen this film, right? I've seen the last maybe 25, 30 minutes like, of this film. As a movie or on like sci-fi or? On a movie channel. On like Stars or Showtime or HBO. I was flipping, I remember I was flipping through the channel and I saw this weird movie with, you know, the biological guns and the weird pods mm-hmm. and I had Jude Law. From what I thought, saw, I was like, this is, must be like some kind of action thriller. Right. And so I added this to the list just because for some reason, randomly um, from when we're recording this, like a couple months before, I was like, oh, man, there was that one movie I saw that one time. And so I've had to look up what it was and I put it on the list, Mm -hmm. not knowing it was a Cronenberg film. All Um, right. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. So here we go. What'd you think? Give me give me first thoughts. It's okay. Oh, It's, it's okay. Oh, it's not the best. There's so much there that they could. I feel like there's could be done better mm-hmm. or expanded upon that. I just don't think the writing is strong. I think there's a good idea there, but I don't think there's a lot of strong writing behind it, which turns into weak acting, which turns Whoa, into weak acting when they're trying Keep to going. say this, when they're trying to say some of this dialogue. Yeah. It's like, I don't think anyone could say some of the dialogue, right. Or maybe it's purposely like that, but if it's, I don't like when dialogue is purposely bad to be okay. like, or it's just bad because they're in a, not a real world. What, so what specifically are you citing? Like what scenes towards the end, the middle, the very the beginning is very stilted. And that's when you're supposed to be able to latch on. We, we want the audience to care. Sure. And there's just so much going on that I don't care about. I don't care that this video game programmer is being assassinated. I don't know why she's being assassinated. Cause it just seems stupid to assassinate someone who's making video games. And then you're going to have a, a bumbling kind of fool type character in Pykele and this kind of, like just kind of like she's kind of mean Allegra and they're just right. having very stilted dialogue in this in this truck talking about stuff we have no idea not setting up any kind of reason why these things are happening what they're talking about why things look like goop monsters it's just like <laughs> you, you, you're not latching me in right from the start and then you're not telling me what what's going on and you're purposely hiding behind this facade of very plain dialogue that it just kind of was like all right this is where we're at. And I think it just, it doesn't get better from there. It just gets weirder from there, which mm-hmm. helps, but I still think there's more that could be done to help expand the story. Okay. So I know you're not going to like crimes of the future the Cronenberg last movie. Oh, the um, one where they just do body modifications yeah, because it's, it's, you think this movie's weird. 
watch that. I'm movie. fine with weird movies. I watched Crash. I like I like Crash yeah, quite a bit. I'm telling you, this movie that Crimes of the Future is. It, I'm not saying I don't like right. Crimes of the Future. It's just really weird. I'm fine with weird, but I just don't like stilted dialogue. And sure. you've got to explain why things are okay. weird. So I'm gonna I, unless you go full Lynch. I'm, the, I'm gonna just disagree with you. Okay, because uh, I, I to harken back to the movie we did last week. For, the only reason I'm gonna compare the two movies is I think that the the fact that the budget comes into play here. I think that this movie is very much like an indie film. Oh, sure. I do so, agree with that. So I think that it, that stuff that you're talking about, the opening scene, I know it's not like the way the scene just starts and he walks in and he has the conversation with the guys wanting him and stuff like that. I understand what you're saying, but I think I give it more of a benefit of the doubt because I'm like, this feels indie. And I know I'm an apologist for indie film. So I get that. I mean, I can't, you know, I, that's a, that's a negative if you want to sure. say a negative. So I'm okay with that. I don't think it's as bad as you think it is, but I will I will. You brought it up and I want to talk about it a little bit was the Allegra character. So let's talk about character. Sure. When we first meet Allegra and she comes up and she does that sheepish wave, which I can't stand because people do that in real life and it's, it's complete. Yes. <laughs> Pikel talks to the seminar leaders character, right? Is it Pikel? And he asks about her and he yeah. tells him that, oh, she's really shy. She would she rather just be, be in her video her, games. Right. Yeah. Okay. But the whole movie, she doesn't act shy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Is, she's not she's shy at all. She, like you said, she's she's rough and she's aggressive. Now, I don't know if, again, we, we, we spoil things. I don't know if if that's all like we just have to take that under consideration because we it's they're playing a game inside of a game inside of a game. You know what I mean? So sure. I don't know if that's really just because at the end of the movie, the Yevgeny yeah. character says like, I'm not really comfortable with the anti-video game theme inside the movie that inside the video game they play. They had just played. That wasn't from me. I don't yeah, know I who that was that, from. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought that I, I don't like, they don't explain the game enough to understand that people's opinions and thoughts and who they are and what they believe can affect the game you're playing. Sure. Like they never really talk about like, cause Pike was like, well, what's the, What's the point of this game? How to win it? And sh and Allegra tells him, "Oh, you'll f you'll you'll, you'll know. figure it out. You go." But yeah. all I'm thinking is, well, it's obviously some kind of set of game. If there's some, if characters are supposed to say something in this game, then they've clearly, been written, yeah, right. So I didn't, but they never really say that it's pulled from you. Like the game is pulled from you and your thoughts and your beliefs. What, so if that's the case, then my question is, why is it pulled from the Pike on Allegra characters? Why is it not pulled from anyone else in the movie? Sure. Why, why is it are written? they the leads? Like stuff like that. Like. There's not a lot of explanation in terms of, of, of that character development and character building. So I, I agree with you there. It's a little kind of just up in the air, like, hey, you know, like, we'll, it, it, we'll, figure, we'll get to the end. Right. I, I think that, but I think two things. One, I think it's because it's, it's almost a movie that is ahead of its time. Like, I think this film probably needed more seasoning. Like, if it came, if Cronenberg if didn't want to do this film and he was like, I'm not ready for this movie. Wait, wait, 10, 15 years. I think you're seeing a much different movie, maybe a much more polished film, a, a film that really has more to say because of just the advancements of video games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but I, I like that it's ahead of its time. I like movies that just kind of like you watch it and you're just like, this feels like inception. This, like they are playing a game within a game within a game. And it's very inception. Like it's, it, you know what I mean? Like, and sure. they did this way before inception. So I, I like stuff like that. 
that it's kind of like, wow, like did Christopher Nolan watch this? Did he see this? Did he like get any kind of like, you know, inspiration, inspiration for this yeah. film? Stuff like that. I and we've talked about Cronenberg before on the Eastern Promises episode. Sure. And I've I think I remember us I remember me saying that Cronenberg is extremely underrated as a director. And maybe here like I said, the script needed more seasoning, but I still think it's, I still think it's strong in terms of the movie in and of itself. I mean, anything I'm saying makes sense or is it just kind of like, I, am I talking out of my butt? I think that some of what you're saying is correct. I think that going back to be correct, just to sense. going back to what you said originally about the writing and being an indie, it's, it's excusable. The writing should be strong in an indie. I disagree with that. That if you don't have a budget, your writing and your dialogue should at least be really, really good. Right. Uh, and I don't think he can do that. I think Cronenberg's a great director. I don't think he's necessarily a great writer. Yep. I think he's got great ideas, but I think he needs to work with a writing partner. Because mm-hmm. I do agree with you. I think the ideas in this movie are solid and ahead of their time, almost stupidly so. To where, like, if you're watching this 1999, you'd be like, really? You're going to because of that? But now you look at VR and the rise of AI, and, you know, I can absolutely believe that now, putting, you know, AI into into these pods so they feed your emotions and they write their own story based on your opinions. Right. I could absolutely see that. I mean, that. they're pretty much playing a VR game. Yeah. Uh, they're jacking into the Matrix. It's just a super yeah. good VR game. Well, it's like the Matrix. Yeah. Even, even to the point of they're putting something... But they're, but putting they're in the there. spine, they're which spine. I think yeah. is interesting. I don't buy the... Not to cut you off, but yeah. I don't buy... When Pykele says, I don't want, is it really safe to have a hole in my body? And she opens up her mouth, Pykele, what do you think? Uh, and I'm like, I don't I, buy that. I thought that was so stupid. Because I don't, I don't buy that. Like, oh no, of course, because the mouth, the nose, the ears, they have defenses for bacteria and stuff to get in they there. They were biologically evolved to be holes. Right. Yeah. That's not like, no, that's not. <laughs> I mean, but again, it's a game. So whatever. But Exactly. Meanwhile, he's getting one blasted into him by this mechanic in a garage. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, like the video game stuff is interesting. You know, fighting against the real world is absolutely something. And in 1999, I don't think that was an issue with my PlayStation 1 <laughs> you know, playing Crash Bandicoot. But in today, in 2023, and probably, you know, by definitely 2030, I think this would be an actual, you know, this is possibly what could happen. Right. This is where we're headed. I mean, I don't know if I really want gross pods stuck in my, my, my uh, a hole in my well, spine. That's, that was another big thing with me was like the pods and like they kind of explain it like 45 minutes in the movie. Right. Like, why are you explaining why these things, even his phone is biological. Can you explain to me why we're doing things that are fleshy? I think it's just Cronenberg's thing. But the, no, they kind of explain that yeah. the amphibians have organs in them. It's found that are kind of like psychic connections like mind connections if you use them so that's why the pods are basically amphibians so they kind of explain it and then you find out toward the end of the movie that it's all just bs because it's an actual video game system playing like with these like plastic head thing plastic headgear it's it's more yeah legit oh well not legit but more like based in reality yes yes so uh, i get that but i i also get yeah obviously it's pods it's cronenberg but you've got to explain it you know, you can be gross, but you got to have to, it's got to have some kind of explanation. Right. Um, which again, they do later on, but there's, there's stuff I do like in this movie. You know, I think that just takes a hit and why it's okay. I didn't say it was bad. No, no, no. I'm, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the design, the pods are really good. I like that, you know, Allegra, even though I think she's mean and a little like just too rough, I do like her obsession over the pods. And I think the way she plays that is really good. And I love the note that she 
requested a pod stay with her at oh, all times. Jason Lee, yes. So she really kind of got that real connection to it. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. You know, I love the scene with Gus in the gas station. You know, we can't oh, just gas? go to, we can't just, yeah, uh, I called him Gus. Yeah. With yeah. gas, we can't just go to the local country gas station and get, uh, get a thing. And the next shot says country, country. gas station. <laughs> and then here's the gas. That's your first hint that I don't think we're in the real world. You know what? I forgot about the ending. I totally forgot about, that I stuff. forgot about the end to end as well. The, the real world stuff. But as soon as that happened, I was like, I don't think this is, I remember them going in and out of different realities. So yeah. I'm like, I don't think this is the real one right yeah. here. But they never really go like they, that to speak to that, they do the little thing where they, they, they jack in to the big pods and they go and they, they show up in the store and they buy these little mini pods, mini pods. They jack into the mini pods, but they don't go anywhere. I don't get what game they're playing in the mini pods. When they go to the mini pods, that's when they go to the amphibian. Oh, butchers. is that what it is? Yep. Okay. You're right. But then somehow they got the amphibian pods and doing the amphibian storyline, but they can just walk to the shop they were in in the first one. Right. That's a little confusing. Yeah. I, I, I kind of got turned around a little bit there uh, with all that stuff. I do love the, the NPC stuff though. I thought that was really well done. You know, talking, they don't call it an NPC because back then no one knew what an NPC was. Right. But, which is a non-player character for anyone who doesn't know <laughs> the, the characters in video games that you don't play as who give you dialogue. I love that. You know, when he starts asking him questions that he can't possibly know that he's just like, but then she does that too. <laughs> Allegra does that for one second. And yeah. And they never saw that. I it. didn't understand. I was that. like, Oh snap. She's not the real Allegra. But then she was. She is. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that either. That's more reasons why it's just, okay. They don't really go into that kind <laughs> well, of there's, stuff. There's a lot of things that are just kind of, they kind of let them, they sit there, they don't really fully explain them, and you're just left wondering, like, what's happening? I don't understand why. Kiri, he sabotaged me because he's working for this company. I don't know who that company there's is. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of double cross. There's a lot of double cross, and like nobody can be trusted. Like, legit, nobody can be trusted. Right. And you're just like, I don't know what to believe anymore um, in terms of like who's on whose side. You know, he never gets a bioport that works. <laughs> one doesn't work one affects the pod you like, fried the podcast you were nervous i wasn't nervous yeah wasn't me. you know she jumps to that conclusion and then the other thing was she was she talks about how she needs i need someone who's a friend to play with the pod pike are you a friend the pod is crying out it's crying out it's like you just jacked into the pod you know you were just using it wouldn't you know right she, she goes i need to know if the pod's crying out i need to know what's wrong you were just with the pod the yep, pod didn't tell bed, you yeah so i i didn't get that I, I, so there was stuff like that, that I was just like, I don't know if what's happening here. Like I, there was some confusing stuff like that. We need, I need a friend in here, but you could just play the game on your own. Also. I don't know why you needed a, a partner. <laughs> Wouldn't you want somebody outside to be able to unjack you in if the pod is infected? Cause you already explained at the beginning that if the pod is infected, it can infect you. Yeah. They, they jack into that pod, that infected pod for some unknown reason, but they, they, they because jack, it's a, it's a sexual thing, but they jack into that pod with, Oh, you're right. They're already in that. That's they're that's already. That's the, the mini yeah, pod reality. Yeah. Oh my god! Like pod the, the pod, of the pod. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's that that comes out of nowhere too. That's very just randomly sexual. Like I need this in me. I don't care that it's got an STD. I was like, where is this? Where is this? I know it was already kind of overtly sexual, but like this is like obsessive. Oh, yeah. well, this is crash level uh, sexual. Oh, when she's fingering his porthole. Like, she fingers uh, when yeah, he puts his tongue in the oh, other one. Yeah. I, I didn't tell know. you that. It wasn't me. It was my character. <laughs> I don't think that excuse is going to fly in the real world, buddy. <laughs> but her need to jack into this disgusting dying pod is just like, this is another movie now. This is just, he's, it's, it's the different. There's a difference between Cronenberg and David Lynch. And I do like both of them, but it's like sometimes he goes weird, like Videodrome. Mm -hmm. 
And that's very strange, but there's always a reason for it. There's always an explanation. You don't, you're talking about Lynch or Cronenberg. Cronenberg right, 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 for like video right, drum and crash. Right. There's always a reason. There's always a through line. There's always something. It's not like Lynch where he just does stuff well, to I, give you a reaction. I think Lynch does stuff because that's him. That's exactly. his way. But when Cronenberg does stuff like that in, in this movie. He's trying to tell a story. Part of it, yeah. He should be trying to tell a story, but I feel like he's not. Really? Or there's stuff on the in cutting this, room floor. In this movie. There's, yeah. Right. Like, I feel like I might like this better. Uh, obviously, we always talk about liking a short movie and it's nice as an hour and 37. But I might like this better if it was two hours. I want to know more about Allegra and why she's so weird in mm -hmm. general. Uh, I get that this version of Allegra is all a video game. Yeah. But so, still. Yeah. About that. This is my problem a lot of times with alternate reality movies and, and shows when they're not really those people. You know what I mean? You find out they're jacked in. There's somebody else. Sure. Like, like, are we supposed to be okay with or forgive these issues that we're talking about because they're in a video game and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't understand. I know I get that. Right. But that's what, that's always my feeling. Like really, can I really hold that against them? That's not their character. That's not who that's well, not them. Let me ask you this because it's 1999. And back then, obviously video games, like maybe you had the resident evil, the first resident evil game would come out. That's got a good story. Is that 99? It might've been 97. The first resident evil. Okay. And maybe a couple of the Final Fantasy games. You don't have stuff with story in video mm -hmm. games very often. Do you think that's an excuse that they used because you don't have games like Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto? Today? Unless I don't know because the, they never say it, so I don't right. Know. Like you don't have to have a good story because it's a video game. Yeah. Well, if, today, you if, need cinema writers are writing video games. If they said that in the movie, oh, okay, we can make a case for that. If right. you don't say it, and I don't see it in any of the notes because a lot of this stuff is not. Is, surprisingly the inspiration for this game is not notes it's not excuse me it's not video games so right i think it's just a device they use to kind of tell that story um chronoberg uh, talks about how he claims the inspiration for this is the fatwa that was declared on author salman rushdie i saw that which obviously makes sense because of the beginning with allegra must die yeah but it doesn't i mean i i don't know why until they turn to video games maybe he's a big video game player i mean he's in the star trek series so he must love sci-fi he likes star trek yeah so that, that's yeah. probably maybe that's part of it um, there's a couple, there's also a, so when they're in the hotel room, the motel room, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the motel in a second. Uh, in the beginning, they have that fast food bag that says Perky Pat. And that's supposed to reference the novel, the three stigmata of Palmer Eldridge by Philip K. Dick. And that book has themes about nested reality and alienation from, you know, that, that the movie takes and that in the book. The false reality is not a video game, but drugs you take called like candy and choosy and stuff like that. Right. So they're saying that there's some reference that that's where some of the movie some comes from as well. Sure. So maybe instead of using drugs, they use the video games. Again, I don't know the video game aspect where that's coming from. But um, but that motel, I knew that motel was looked familiar. Do you know where it's what it is? <laughs> no. What's that motel? So when from? they do the outside of the motel, I don't know if you've ever seen this TV show. I'm looking at it going. That's the motel from Schitt's Creek. That has to be the motel from Schitt's Creek. And it oh, is I the didn't motel. know that it was the motel. And I'm I like, did obviously see that a shot in Canada. I never saw Schitt's Creek. Uh, well, number one, get to that because that's fantastic. And I, I, thought, know, at least oh, loves I it. kind of want to rewatch it. But like, I, I knew it was the motel. And I'm like, that's the goddamn motel. I know it. So <laughs> it is. Apologies for swearing. Um, but yeah, so uh, another note I had. Another note. About Jennifer Jason Lee was that the reason why she's not in Eyes Wide Shut, even though she shot her scenes, was oh, because she, she was doing this back movie. to the reshoots. Right. So she finished Eyes Wide Shut and much like Kubrick in a lot of his movies, he called her. He wanted to call her back for reshoots. And 
she was like, no, nah, I'm doing this film. You know, and so basically he recasted her. I don't know who he recast. Should have stayed role. in Eyes Wide Shut. No, I think this is a bigger, better movie for her. I, she's a lead in this. Eyes Wide Shut. She would have been a bit part. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think she had already, at that point, she's already, she already kind of cemented herself as. as he was like, fine, I'll get Nicole Kidman. I don't think it was Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, know. I don't know what part she would have played. It would have been a bit part. It would have yeah. been one of the rich people in the club. I don't. I, I can't even remember Eyes Wide Shut. I, that's why I'm just saying the rich people. I remember I the ding, 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 ding. I remember that. <laughs> that's all I remember. <laughs> oh, so I want to know about the gun. What was the inspiration for the gun? And I couldn't find a note on that. The gun is The gun so that I'm wearing weird. on my shirt. <laughs> it's in the quote unquote real world, which is the first world they're in is called existence, and the next Isaac one's sense? transcend transcendence, right? Transcendence, yeah. So, Made by pilgrimage. So in the right in trans, yes. So in, in ex, 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 in ex existence, well, no, in transcendence. When, oh, in transcendence, when the beginning yeah. of the movie, when they walk in, the guy sneaks the gun in into his pod, right? Because there's no metal. He, it's, he it just can, sneaks it, in and yeah. it, it fires teeth, right? And then the other world also has this gun, right? And I think that's just the idea that we were talking before about how it's pulling from other other memories, other memories yeah. existence. Yeah, I think that's just where that's from. I mean, it, we we talked about the scene uh, off air uh, about how he has to put the gun together and yeah, he's, he's eating, eating all the fish. He's eating that big. Uh, plate. I want to know what the fish that, was made that of. Big plate of fish guts or whatever look and remind me of the big giant plate of potatoes and stuff that sloth eats in the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also, it's, it's amphibians and it's the, the lizard they see at the beginning of the movie all cut up. Yeah. Yes. They the, catch the, it and cut it up. The, that should have been my first, that should have been our first clue that this is not real. Cause the, this two headed thing pops up and I'm like, what? Oh, absolutely. That's a country gas station gas. And then the lizard. Yeah. Like, oh, I did, but I did, but right. then I, I, I Again, I didn't remember a lot. So I'm thinking like, is the world like, is, there's just mutations everywhere? They did. She does talk about that later on before, when they go to the ski lodge. She goes, ever since the mutations started. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Because at first I was like, aliens, mutations, you got to tell us. You got to say, I'll throw away a line at yeah. least. And they like, do have that throw What's going line. on there? Yeah. It's mutations happen. It's <laughs> mutations. And then he has to, Pykel has to eat whatever he's eating, the the gross. I, I was like, "Why are you eating it? Just freaking dump it out and like, clean just it out. pick it." Yeah, and then he takes the his, his character wants it. He takes his teeth out to load, to the, load gun. the gun. Yeah, I mean the gun's fantastic. I love the gun. I mean, I'm wearing the, the shirt wishbone for it. is the trigger. Yeah, and it, it's just he's. Do you have a bridge? Did you have a the bridge exist no. before? No, my teeth are perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate <laughs> that line. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Like, why? Why does that matter? <laughs> no, my teeth are perfect. And then he winks at her. <laughs> Does he wink? No. <laughs> That's what should have happened after you say that comment, though. Did you catch the, the differences in their hairstyles? Between the yeah. So in the in existence, they're partly curly and her, her, hair. her hair is partly curly. Pykel just has flat, boring hair. No. In in when they're in the so what's opening. The, what's the quote unquote real world? The, the real world is when they get into transcendence. Oh, transcendence. So in transcendence, transcendence in the beginning, partly curly hair and, and his hair flat. is flat. When they and go into existence, existence, she's got really curly hair. His hair is up, And his yeah. hair is all more, you know, typical Jude Lawdy kind of like, like star. Yeah. yeah. And then it's his hair is partly up in the real world and her hair is perfectly straight. Right. In what we're pretty sure is. And their dog the is, a, is a terrorist. 
It's a wolf hound who they don't bring with them at the end. They're well, just like, walking like, out. I think the dog was just to bring the guns. <laughs> just found this Irish wolf hound <laughs> randomly. Those are those are animals you just see walking around all the time. <laughs> Thanks for holding our dog. <laughs> did uh, so w- this movie obviously did not do well in the in, in, when it was released, and uh, part of that was. Mainly because, well, mainly, but Dimension Films didn't gave this movie a limited release in the United States, didn't re- and didn't put a right. lot of publicity behind it. So they really just didn't believe in it, or they didn't want to put. They felt it wasn't going to do well, so they didn't money. But before this movie was with MGM, and Cronenberg left that that because he wanted to cast Jennifer Jason Lee, and some exec said to him that Jennifer Jason Lee was quote was associated with quote little art movies that don't make money. I mean, it obviously <laughs> doesn't help, but she's better. She's a really good actress. And I mean, why well, is this movie, but not a little art movie that doesn't make but, money? But that doesn't make any sense because Dolores Claiborne came out before this film. Sure. And that was like a big Stephen King movie. That movie's fantastic. And she's single white female came yeah, out before this film. She's 37 when we did this. Yeah. She's already, most of her filmography yeah. of big movies is, is already done. So she's already yeah. proven herself. Yeah. So that exec was kind of, you know, talking out of his butt. Oh, absolutely. As, as we all do, I guess. Did you notice the reason why Existence is the way it looks? Did you, did you understand that? I read the note about okay, it. The Hungarian producers and it's so the X and the Z are capitalized and in between is Isten, I-S-T-E-N. And that's supposed to mean God in Hungarian. Right. So, you know, the produce, two producers of the film are, hung, are Hungarian. Kiri Vinegar is supposed to be Hungarian in the movie. So I guess that's where that's from. I mean, I don't know if that I'd have to see Cronenberg say like, yeah, that's why we did that. I don't know, but maybe, I mean, it's, it's, Hey, it's it seems ni- plausible. Also, it seems plausible as hey, it's the '90s, and that's just <laughs> what's wrong with the '90s. That just seems awesome <laughs> to make the one letters the two letters big. <laughs> I could see Cronenberg knowing that, though. That's something I think I could see Cronenberg putting into his movie. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let me give you a critic critique. Uh, I don't. I didn't have a lot, uh, so I only got one for you here. Okay. Sorry. It's James Biradinelli. He says that the film has a, quote, disjointed feel and called it a missed opportunity that suffered from being released near the Matrix and Open Your Eyes, which he states did similar things that were accomplished better in those films. I don't remember Open Your Eyes. I don't either. I do remember the Matrix, little old film. That's the Keanu Reeves one? Yeah, that came out in March of 99, right? This movie came out in April? Yeah, it was March. It wasn't. I don't think anybody knew it was going to be as big as it was. Oh, God, no. No, (laughs) God, no. But I mean, the Matrix, it's tough to... It's tough to compare The Matrix with this film because The Matrix is just such a different film. Sure. Sure, it's alternate reality and all that stuff, but it's like, it's got, it's an action film. Was at the end of his quote? That was it. Oh, I mean, listen, I, I've got my own issues with this film, but I don't think it being disjointed is one of them. I think that's part of, you're supposed to feel disjointed because they're in a world, in a world, in a world, in a world. It should feel disjointed. My problem is that there's no cohesiveness to the story and the the plot. Well, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, I talked about Inception. I talked about how this felt very Inception. Inception does that very well uh, in terms of being able to follow that, that cohesiveness yeah. and yeah, understanding what's happening and just kind of like they. I mean, it's an expo dump, obviously, but they talk to you about how he needs the they need to trigger it to jump from one to jump to the other. This will jump from this. This will get sure. us to this. Yeah, so I get that. But they also go in Inception. They go into why Leo's the way he is. Yeah. Capra's character. And in this, I think something similar should be done with Allegra. 
and then you, Ted Peichel just kind of sucks. But then you He's run so the boring. risk of revealing. I mean, because it's a twist at the end. You run the risk of revealing that. And I think, I, I mean. Well, no, because Allegra, I'm talking about, I want to know more the backstory of the Allegra oh, that we think in the we game. know. The game's Allegra, okay. the d- game designer. Right. Because even a poorly written video game would give us throwaway line about why she's the way she I is. I can't wait for you to play my game. And the only copy is on my pod because yeah. I don't put it anywhere else. I didn't copy it anywhere else because I'm a big dumb dummy. Yeah. I'd like to, I almost, when Vinegar tells her that he copied her pod, her game from the pod, I'm like, how? Like, where is there a USB port? Like, I want to see, like, how did you copy this game? Like, I yeah. want to see it. Like, what organ did you use? Yeah. It's in an organ. They just keep showing guts and blood and they're, and they're cutting through things. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, where is the information? Like that, that I, I was just going to explain it. Yeah. yeah. I do love the, uh, the amphibian factory, all the different like <laughs> fake amphibians they are chopping up. I thought that was really well done. That was like really well, whoever the prop maker was. Oh yeah. I was like, that's good. That's cool. It was gross. It was gross. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> knows what he's doing. He's just all of a sudden chopping the head off, splying it open, taking the specific organs out, bagging them up and putting like, what did he put the number seven on it? You put L.A. L.A., that's right. Yeah. I don't know if that's supposed to go to L.A. I don't know what the hell happens there. I have no I idea. Freaking knows. Uh, so I guess, why are we saying this is forgotten? I think, like that reviewer said, The Matrix just came out right after that. Uh, now we have Inception. I think that the movie is, you know, it's 24 years old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jude Law is not maybe like, the, doesn't have the star power he used to. Jennifer Jason Leigh certainly doesn't. And oh, I think sh- that's... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think that for... Younger generations to come watch it. Millennials. You know, I was 12 when this originally came out. Sure. I was probably 13 or 14 when I saw it on HBO. You know, if you didn't catch it on TV, just swiping through the channels, which it probably wasn't on for that long. You're not going to go back and see it because it's kind of buried. When you talk about Cronenberg, I don't think too many people are talking about existence. I think people are more talking about video. Obviously, they're talking about Videodrome, the history of violence. Well, they're probably talking more about history of violence. Uh, Eastern, Eastern Promises. Promises. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Fly, obviously, is a right. classic. And to your point about... To, sorry to cut you off, yep. but to your point about history of violence and Easter promises, which are probably, I would say they're probably more accessible. Well, it's also two of his more better films. Like if you, if you're giving a top five, they sure, be yeah, up there. Yeah. He didn't write those. So to your point about, <laughs> no, I just, I'm, I get, you, yeah. I'm giving you credit. Uh, and yeah. then crash. I had to watch crash in film school, actually. Uh, crash. I was talking about somebody today about crash about the scene where he has uh fornicates with the scar. Oh yeah. God, I remember that scene. I'm just like, ugh. So like I think that those like in terms of weirdness, I think Crash is what wins in. Uh, obviously, Videodrome is very weird too in his mm-hmm. first one. So I think if you're talking about Cronenberg, like you said, it's not going to be in your top five. I think I just named five other films <laughs> to begin with. So I think that that hurts it. I think that the fact that this movie didn't do very well, and I think that the themes are just it's just not. It's got some cool stuff, but it's not super well put together. So it's hard to recommend this to somebody. It's like, hey, watch this. It's got. It's cool bone gun. It's got these weird pods, but it's, it's really trippy and you're going to have a lot of questions and you're going to be frustrated by a lot of it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a hard sell for anybody who doesn't really like film. And even then I'd be hard to tell people to watch this. He also, when I mentioned this in the credits, but Cronenberg also directed the dead zone, which I really like. So just throw that out there too. The dead zone is very good. Yes. Okay. Uh, I agree (laughs) with you. I I think, um, we talked about this. We always talk about this on the podcast. The fact that, you know, I miss video stores, you miss video stores. Mm -hmm. I think that Cronenberg's movies would do well in a video store environment where you're walking around looking for a movie to watch and maybe Cronenberg, they have an end cap for him. But like 
that's where people can find his movies. I think that's where you discover Cronenberg, those type of, in a, in a video store like that. Sure. You really can't discover anything on streaming or in any of those algorithmic laced uh, carousels when you're on there. So it's really difficult to, to discover somebody like David Cronenberg and his work. Absolutely. Uh, so I think, I think he gets kind of a disservice in terms of new audience, new people, young people discovering who he is. I would definitely recommend this to writers. I would definitely recommend this to filmmakers, people who love movies, people who like horror films or who, who maybe have this, you have to feel them out. Maybe you have the same sensibilities. Sure. I mean, I think I was, somebody asked me what I was watching and I said, Oh, I watched this movie existence. And I was explaining it and they were just like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you should watch it. Like I just, I almost want to recommend this type of, I recommend this movie to people because I just want them to watch something different. To have the reaction. Yeah. Sure. Like I, I, it's almost like we almost have to be on a mission Butler to recommend some of these movies to people and be like, get out of your Comfort white zone. bread, cookie cutter movies that you like all the time <laughs> and watch something that's just, strange and weird and you don't have to like it but get to the end it's only 97 minutes true but like get to it and be like and be affected in some way by it because like i still think about the movie after watching oh it. absolutely me too like you the, know yeah like gross gun the pod yeah some of the reactions like it, the acting yeah there's like because you don't it's not because oh there's not they don't show this in any other movie it's not because of that but it's because it makes you think and it just it kind of has a visceral reaction to you i'm thinking when you talked about the the amphibian warehouse. I'm thinking about when he's holding that big rubbery, slimy thing and he's cutting it up. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, it's like, oh, but I'm like, I can't stop thinking about it. So <laughs> I, I think that these are the type of films like Cronenberg is a type of director, uh, filmmaker when he does like Cronenberg films, like, you know, crimes of the future, scanners, video drama, stuff like that. Yeah. When he does those movies where you're just like, you need to see it because you need to experience it. That's where I am on that. And, and I definitely still like this movie, obviously more than you do. I'm not saying you hate it, but I definitely oh, yeah. reacted to it better um, or, or differently. Excuse me. I think um, it's ripe for, like you said, like a reboot or remake. I think it's ahead if, of its time. Yeah. If it's done, I, well, done well, you'd have to have a Cronenberg sense of mentality going right. into it. Well, what's funny about that is this movie was originally called crimes of the future in Canada when it came out and they changed. Really? Yeah. So I think that, and if you ever see crimes of the future, You'll be like, oh, yeah, I can definitely see like it's the almost like it, it's just Cronenberg and the way he is and the way he right. thinks and what he what he um, is trying to say. And there's definitely touches of what he's talking about in Existence that carry over to Crimes of the, Crimes future. Of the future. Crimes of the Future is way more weird and way more body dysmorphia stuff and way more like people doing odd stuff. And it's like it's 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 an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it and I'm just like. Oh boy. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm weird like that. I'm fine with it. I'm just, it's sure. just odd. And I really love telling people what I watch sometimes. I'm just like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm Butler. Where can they find us? You can find us on YouTube. That's right. We're on YouTube now for like for real on YouTube, not just a title card with the for really, real, playing real. behind it. You're seeing me right now. We're having like a moment. You're looking at me in the eyes or you're looking down because I'm making you uncomfortable. One of the two things are happening. So go ahead. Give us a like subscribe. I know we're supposed to do that way earlier in the videos for the channel. Oh, you know, right. We didn't. We so didn't. we're telling you now to at the end. We don't waste your time with that bull. But now we're saying it. Please well, like and subscribe. Drop, it really helps. Not unless you drop the really bug there, that's Oh, I'll definitely drop like a bing, bing, bing. Nice. Nice. But this is the first time I'm telling you. So please like and subscribe. It doesn't hurt you. 
We'll pop up on your little feed. Don't watch us if you don't want to, but we'll still pop up. But please watch us. <laughs> we got we got three more episodes of horror to show you. And or also we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And you know what I forgot to do last week was what say like what what because I'm join us next week when I tell you when I and oh I, you did but I don't know if I should I don't I don't like I like not telling people like they we should. got three well, then they have to watch the movie to prepare to listen because we're oh that's things. right that's why we used to do that <laughs> man all we're right still so. get into it but we got three more weeks to get better so join us next week we're going to be doing the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow that's next week right yeah uh, that's, yes yeah we'll be doing that next week so if you want to watch that ahead of time so you can. I know what we're talking about. Sorry, I didn't remind everyone last week we were watching Existence <laughs> this week. Oops. Uh, but yeah, but until then, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Wait. Forgotten Horror. Keep it spooky, yo.